Uh, so very important concept in AI is called transfer learning. A model can uh, gain knowledge in one field and then apply it in a completely different field. Might have been some kind of numerical optimization targeted towards your KPI, like conversions. It might have been a contextual tool uh, like our own page context AI that will help you display your ad in the relevant context. But it's really important to work with highly regarded ESP that has that in-house knowledge because it's very difficult to kind of transfer that uh, expertise to maybe external AI. But then you think about the social landscape. The research and data is hugely significant. When we combine all of these different touch points. Build that long-term loyalty. And then diving into the clicks to leads to sales. It's gotten to a point where it can drive better results in audience targeting. And really is what's going to set you apart. You're tuning in. You're tuning in. You're tuning in to the How Agencies Thrive podcast. There's so much discussion around AI these days, and that's only because of its increasing significance. And today, the focus is going to be on AI in digital marketing, and specifically AI in programmatic. Programmatic advertising, as you may be aware, is a system where advertising space is bought and sold through automated auctions. The use of machine learning AI algorithms enables them to learn and adjust their actions based on new patterns they encounter. This adaptability makes them extremely well-suited for the dynamic nature of programmatic advertising. AI algorithms also possesses the capability to quickly process large amounts of data. Now, with all of these factors combined, AI has a significant impact on numerous facets of programmatic advertising. Let's learn more about this from the AI experts, Zainab and Arthur. But before that, thank you for tuning in a big hello and welcome to the How Agencies Thrive podcast. I'm your host, Sneha Suhas from Stack Adapt, and I will now pass it to the guests to introduce themselves, their professional life so far, and their areas of expertise. So let's start with you, Zainab. Hi, thank you so much, Sneha. Uh, so my name is Zainab, uh, and I'm a lead data scientist at Stack Adapt. I've been working here for uh, almost three and a half years now. And for the past year or so, I've been primarily leading our contextual efforts, as the industry is uh, moving away from uh, behavioral targeting to some extent, as there are concerns around user privacy, uh, we've been investing a lot of effort into uh, natural language processing and information retrieval. And that's what I've been up. Awesome. Welcome to the show and thank you for joining us. I'll pass it to you, Arthur. Hey, thanks for having us. Uh, yeah, so I'm Arthur. So I've been a Stack Adept for about a year and a half now. Uh, I've been mostly focused on the lookalikes audience expansion project while I've been here. Prior to that, I worked at an investment company on their data science team for about a couple of years. And prior to that, uh, I worked at NLogic, which is basically kind of like Nielsen ratings for Canada. So we did TV and radio audience analytics. And I was there for about four or five years. And I was their uh, point person for algorithm developments. Awesome. Thank you for joining us, Arthur. And um, question for you. AI is a very popular topic right now, and it's been a large part of the conversation when it comes to programmatic advertising for quite some time now. So to break it down, how would you say AI differs when it comes to programmatic advertising and in what ways is it similar to the conversation that's currently ongoing? Yeah, I can take that. So AI is a pretty broad term. So it's kind of hard to say exactly which specific technique is AI or is not. Um, broadly speaking, you call something AI if the problem that you're trying to solve is so hard that software developers are not able to individually write the little bits of code that actually solve that problem. So programmatic 
is one such problem. So when we implement programmatic uh, bidding for a particular campaign, it's a vast amount of decisions that need to be made behind the scenes. So there are billions of uh, auctions that are processed per day, like many billions. Um, and each of those auctions needs to be considered individually and the decision needs to be made. What is the proper data amount? Um, the campaign needs to be considered behind the scenes to make sure that it's pacing properly, to make sure that, uh, you know, the proper targeting options are applied, that the KPIs are being maximized as much as possible. Uh, so it's obviously not possible for any individual to actually, you know, go through those those decisions. Um, and it's also not possible for any individual group of individuals to write code that optimally uh, processes all of that data and makes all those decisions at once. So at this point, what's typically done is a technique is applied called machine learning, um, which is in some cases you consider synonymous with AI. So again, AI is kind of broad. It's hard to say exactly what everybody calls AI, but I'll call AI as something that's a problem that's solved with a technique called machine learning. So what is this technique? So the technique is instead of writing those individual uh, rules of code, which in this case is not feasible, what you do is you feed a huge amount of data through the system and you allow the system to learn automatically what works and what doesn't for each uh, individual use case. So even though I personally and no individual has, you know, gone through a bid, each individual bid request, like what happens is the system figures out what works and what doesn't on this large volume of bid requests um, and makes those decisions uh, there programmatically. Um, and that's kind of the only way you can really solve this huge, huge data problem and huge complexity uh, problem uh, that you get with programmatic advertising um, in real time bidding. So the main similarity with a lot of the conversations about AI there is that um, since no individual has uh, full understanding of what's going on with the system, which it kind of needs to be the case for these really complex systems. You have a similar kind of uh, question to ChatGPT where, you know, ChatGPT famously, you give it a query like write me an essay on Darwin and you don't necessarily, you're not necessarily sure whether the essay is actually on Darwin or on somebody else or what's actually going on um, and whether whether it's completely accurate um, because, you know, no, no professional has actually gone through and edited this essay, right? So similar in programmatic advertising, um, it's that same problem that we just described. So I think in this case the two the two problems are are kind of are kind of similar from the point of view of people who are kind of looking in from the outside and trying to understand what's going on here. But uh, programmatic advertising is more mature industry than ChatGPT, which is what half a year old now, a little more. Um, so in programmatic advertising, we have uh, given people a lot of tools to solve this kind of problem. Uh, specifically, uh, for the tools include like attribution um, and tracking um, and audience um, insights as well. So you can get a sense of what's going on. So that problem is kind of the same, but the industry is quite a bit more mature than ChatGPT, which is like a baby basically right now. And people are just trying to figure out what to do there. I think that was a that was a great response. I think maybe like I, I would take that to kind of a higher level, conceptual level, and say to a non technical person, I think of AI as kind of uh, hyper individualized solutions for each user. So maybe like, let's go back to the beginning of the uh, advertising industry, like, right? So it might have been possible at that point to, uh, you know, individualize, uh, individualize creatives, uh, targeting strategy, uh, talk with each client one-on-one, and then come up with a, a specific solution. But that's obviously not the case anymore, especially in programmatic. Uh, we have lots of clients, 
sometimes varying goals, sometimes, sometimes multiple goals, not to mention uh, millions of users uh, that uh, we can bid on, each with different preferences, you know, uh, different ones. So that's where, that's where the AI that Arthur uh, was talking about comes in. Uh, and then uh, we can make uh, those uh, numerous tiny decisions um, with machine learning. Uh, so that's why uh, this makes it an ideal solution for programmatic advertising. I would say maybe the differences are that uh, we need to be a bit more careful about the laws and regulations uh, compared to um, AI at large. It's important to comply with regional and you know, federal laws, uh, and these are not necessarily embedded in the existing models. Uh, so that's where the domain expertise comes in, right? Uh, this is perhaps true of many, many other fields, but especially so of uh, programmatic advertising. We don't have strong pre-trained models uh, that capture those industry trends or laws. Um, so it's important to have the people uh, that kind of work together with the AI models uh, to deploy them uh, to the people. When it comes to uh, programmatic technology, what are some of the benefits to working with a DSP that leverages AI and machine learning? Um, for example, audiences, insights. This is a question from a marketer's perspective. Um, yeah, I can maybe take this one first. Uh, so. As we said for the previous question, uh, definitely like hyper-individualized personalization, but also massively parallel personalization, if that makes sense. Uh, so the thing to uh, always keep in mind with AI is the high dimensionality, right? Uh, so as human beings, we are fantastic at intuition, uh, but uh, we can only hold uh, four thoughts at the, t- at the same time in our minds, uh, which is definitely not enough to uh, handle the uh, scale of the data and the variety of uh, data uh, that comes in uh, with uh, programmatic advertising. Uh, so I think, like I said for the previous question, it's important to kind of pair that human intuition with the uh, high scalability and high dimensionality of AI models. And kind of to add to that as well, I think explainability is a very important point, especially in uh, programmatic advertising. Uh, so we should be uh, using AI models uh, or we should be maybe working with uh, DSPs that leverage AI models that uh, can be uh, used to explain the decisions they have made. Uh, so they can maybe tell you what factors uh, went into making the end conclusion, what were what features were the most important, uh, what features perhaps were not as important. And sometimes it's just uh, difficult with generative models. So I think First of all, it's very important to keep up to date with the uh, latest happenings uh, in the uh, AI world, uh, but also keeping the limitations of uh, the programmatic advertising industry. And these changes are sometimes not as transparent to marketers or uh, agencies. And I think that's why it's really important to work with a DSP that has that kind of in-house expertise in both. Yeah, that was a really good uh, description. So one thing I'd like to sort of like contrast that with um, is like, uh, so if you use a DSP that leverages AI or machine learning versus one that doesn't, so it's like if you, if the DSP does not leverage AI machine learning, it's basically dead in the water. Like imagine imagine you're bidding on billions of these auctions and like humans constructed all of the rules that are made to, to make those bidding decisions. So again, the humans are just not able to delve into the data to to the extent that a machine learning or AI process is able to. Um, so they are just not able to identify which of the users are like perfectly actually um, appropriate for your campaign to bid highly on versus inappropriate. So we should just bid low, low on them. So if you're, if you are using a DSP that somehow just avoids using any AI and any machine learning, um, you're kind of like bidding something that would be like, I don't know, let's imagine like some simple like flat rate bidding or some really simplified bidding process. Um, You'll be looking at a user. You won't really 
know what, how much to bid on it. And you'll be getting um, outbid on users that are actually very valuable for your vertical by other DSPs, uh, which have recognized using machine learning that this user is super valuable. So they'll be picking up that user. And uh, conversely, you'll be bidding too highly on other users, which others DSPs have realized are actually um, not useful for your vertical. And you'll be picking them up and you just won't be, won't be converting on them. So um, this is just a space that's way too complicated for humans to effectively construct rules um, without machine learning or AI to effectively uh, compete in, in the space. Okay, so um, what would you say are some of the limitations when it comes to the use of AI in programmatic advertising? And you know, how does the ongoing innovation help bridge those gaps? One of the main limitations is also the advantage, which is that uh, the AI is taking control over a lot of the decision-making. So um, this is an advantage in that it can do really well. The disadvantage is, um, as I mentioned before also, is that, well, you don't really necessarily have full insight into what it was doing. So you could be kind of like worried. So, okay, so I set up my campaign. It's doing this unpredictable thing. They tell me there's this intelligent machine in the loop, but I don't really know. There's no person that's signing off on, on the decision that it's making for me. So what do I do? Uh, and how do I bridge this gap? So. The nice thing is, though, about programmatic advertising is that because there's so much data volume um, and there's so much uh, data uh, features also available on what is going on, is that you can do pretty good int uh, attribution on uh, what actually happened in your campaign. So um, the data is more complex, and uh, but you also can track it far better. So even though your campaign is doing something a little bit tricky, so I would definitely like say set up your campaign with you know concrete KPIs that you are tracking. Um, I would say um, you know talk to your programmatic strategist about the various campaign options that might help you. Um, I would say set up your conversion uh, pixels, track that that attribution, and try to find a an option that actually works for you well. So this isn't something that you'll be able to figure out uh, at first go. So there are many different options that you can use to set up your campaign. And this podcast has, has covered different techniques for setting up your campaign in different situations uh, very well previously. So I won't go into that into detail. But the main idea is you should try different things. Think like a scientist experiment. Some of these strategies, which you know are kind of black boxes a little bit, like they for you, they won't work perfectly. You do need to try different different custom segments. You need to try whether for your particular campaign, contextual keywords work, try whether browsing audiences work, try whether retargeting work, works best for you. Uh, and then after you, you iterate, pick a strategy that does work for you because you are able to track that attribution far better than you are outside of programmatic. So definitely take advantage of that. Um, I think that I would also add, maybe first of all, human in the loop systems. Uh, so they have been around for a very long time, but they're only like recently gaining attraction with more popular generative systems like ChatGPT. Uh, but the goal here is to kind of inject that human intuition that we referred to earlier uh, and collaborate with the model uh, to produce better results. So these, this can happen in more of a friendly way or a more adversarial way, uh, but with the goal of improving the uh, results of the model or making them more intuitive or uh, closer to what we would expect with our domain knowledge. And the other thing is continuously monitoring the model that we have deployed. So you just you don't just train a model and put it out in the world and expect it to uh, perform uh, splendidly. So when we, as a data scientist, when we are uh, deploying a model, there was actually a lot of historical backtesting on past data points, 
And then we can say with 100% accuracy uh, that these models will actually do well uh, in uh, production. Uh, so what we do is um, after deploying them to a small percentage doing beta testing, we actually compare their uh, predictions to uh, the actual performance. And then we always go back and update the models accordingly. So I guess there's a recurrent theme of, yes, working with the model is kind of very important, especially when we are kind of catering to people in this industry. Makes a lot of sense. Uh, Thank you for that. So jumping into the next question, what would you say is the biggest difference to the use of AI in programmatic now versus, say, uh, five to ten years ago? Can you draw a picture of the evolution? I can give some high-level descriptions of a lot of the features, and those of the audience that have been involved in programmatic will have seen the evolution over time. So, I mean, a couple of a couple of um, main things that have changed over time is, firstly, like a lot of the targeting options that you're able to use, uh, and a lot of the custom segments available have uh, expanded. So, for example, at StackAdapt, we rolled out uh, page context AI uh, just a couple of years ago. Um, so, if you were targeting uh, five, ten years ago, you would absolutely not have this kind of option. Um, similarly, we've expanded uh, the efficiency of our browsing audiences and the efficiency of lookalike expansion as well. Ten years ago, this was not available. Um, so just if you literally go in the UI, you will be able to see more options year over year over year. And after 10 years, like for you as a user, there's just far more targeting options available. There are also far more insights that you can get uh, into the users that you actually have targeted than you are able to get uh, 10 years ago. So this is kind of apparent to anybody that signs in um, into the platform and just sees this change over time. Uh, another change I'd like to highlight, though, as well, is there's also a lot of invisible changes behind the scenes that you really don't see as a user. So uh, if you run the exact same campaign a couple of years ago versus now, you will get better return on investment, generally speaking, given the exact, you know, given the same targeting options. Because behind the scenes, we continuously make a lot of improvements that are invisible to the user to find the uh, the individual uh, bids and auctions that will absolutely benefit your campaign to bring your return on investment up. And there are just tons of optimizations that we make behind the behind the hood. Um, and this is very like apparent to me because like my bread and butter every day, like most of the most of the features that I work on don't bubble up as like, you know, new buttons that you click in the UI that you actually see. So I work on the look like expansion project. Um, and if you click look like audience expansion, now it's a button. You click it, the audience expands. So from the point of view of the user, is that kind of the same thing that was there a year ago? It looks kind of the same, but behind the scenes, there's been a ton of improvements to try to figure out what is the ideal lookalike audience for your campaign? How can we best expand it? How do we make sure that you still have the scale without losing the accuracy um, of bidding on the proper users? Uh, and there's just there's just a, a lot of work that goes on there. And, and this is, I feel, something that's kind of under underappreciated by someone that just logs in every day and sees the same thing. It's not the same. Um, behind the scenes, there are a ton of changes and uh, a, a lot of people that I work with are really involved in making these changes on a day-to-day basis. Yeah, definitely. I definitely agree with that as well. I think we can also take a step back and look at AI or the evolution of AI in general in the last decade. Uh, So a very important concept in AI is called transfer learning. Uh, So it's quite quite straightforward, uh, as the name indicates, but it means a model can uh, gain knowledge in one field and then uh, apply it in a completely different field. So basically, there has been a lot of work in transfer learning in the last decade, uh, even across seemingly unlikely pairs of fields, 
for example, uh, a model might learn uh, to play chess, and then uh, you can ask the model to kind of do math operations, and it will do significantly better after gaining that expertise in chess. Uh, And this is now possible because of, first of all, the availability of the data on your net. There's just so much that we put out that models can learn from. Uh, And secondly, uh, the uh, evolution of the physical machines as well that can handle that scale of the data. Um, And that's why we now talk about these generative models like uh, GPT, that are trained on all sorts of data on the internet. Uh, and then, then they can be adopted in very niche domains, uh, like programmatic, for example. Uh, and we always find that their kind of newfound general knowledge uh, will make them more powerful in these niche domains. Uh, so that's kind of exciting. And that's what's exciting to everyone, I guess, uh, because it's unclear what we can now do with that general knowledge and what specific areas we can apply to. You know, from an advertiser marketer, marketer's perspective, uh, because it is such a hot topic right now, we know even from a product marketing perspective, terms like AI, machine learning, algorithms um, can be a big unknown for some marketers or advertisers, especially when it comes to automating ad spend and making campaign decisions. So what advice would you give to an advertiser who is apprehensive about adopting this technology? I guess it, it, it's all about like, what are your options, right? So an, an alternative to programmatic, which contrasts with it quite significantly that I'm familiar with is uh, linear traditional TV and radio advertising. Um, so a question that you might ask is like, well, do I uh, allocate my ad spend on you know TV or in programmatic? So I just kind of want to say, so it's, it's fairly interesting to contrast it to because the TV doesn't have many of the advantages that programmatic has, but it also doesn't have many of the disadvantages because the advantages, advantages, the, both the advantage and disadvantage of programmatic is that you're letting go of control over individual details. So, so for TV, the way that you typically uh, organize your, your spend for, for a campaign is you do research on which programs or day parts um, contain a particular target audience that you are interested in. And then you, uh, and then you plan that spend, you make your, um, you make your contract, your, your purchase decision with a particular, uh, with a particular network, um, and then your your ad spots run. And then when they run, you kind of um, retroactively when they run, you check up on the viewership and the audiences that watched a particular uh, program or day part that you had your ad spot run on, and then you look at your particular KPI of interest. So, oh, an ad spot ran yesterday. Did people go to my website after? Did they purchase, you know, my product today in the store? Um, and that attribution process is like really hard. Um, like it's really challenging to say whether an ad spot um, yesterday leads to conversions. Sorry, not conversions and TV. You might just like say, but yeah, I got conversion. Whether an ad spot leads to conversions for for your store purchase today. Um, so I've worked with some of this data before. It's it's just it's it's really really hard because you don't have that user level information. So you're looking at volumes of purchases, uh, and you're hoping that that volume goes up significantly after your ad spot. And unless it's the Super Bowl, it's probably not. So you don't really know if you have a return on investment from your ad spots. So, but conversely, you you do have certainty in terms of what's going on. So as a human, not a machine, you've made a very simple decision. I'm placing my ad at this time on this program, you know exactly what happened, uh, but you don't know the impact. So, so even though you, you gain some, you lose some. So which, which, which world would you rather, uh, would you rather work with? Uh, I mean, I, I can't make that decision 
for any marketer. And uh, many marketers, you know, kind of hedge their bets and allocate budget to, into both worlds. Um, but let's say, say from my perspective, like coming from the TV data and now working with programmatic data, um, we would have loved to have the verticals and the, the user level information that we have now programmatic. We would have loved to have that back in my TV days. Like we, we dreamed of this kind of data and we just did not have it. So the, the types of attribution that you can do in programmatic now are just so, so powerful. So much more powerful than, than than anybody could have dreamed of in the TV days. Yeah. Also, like another perspective we can offer is, um, so sure we have been talking about AI recently a lot. You see it in your newsfeed in the morning. You see it in TV shows, uh, but it's not exactly new as a field of study. So put it into context. Uh, the first AI program was actually written in 1951. So chances are, if you've ever worked with a DSP, it's quite likely that you have indeed gotten some ad spent um, or ad revenue uh, from some uh, form of AI. So it might have been some kind of numerical optimization um, targeted towards your KPI, like conversions. It might have been uh, a contextual tool uh, like our own page context AI uh, that will help you display your ad in the relevant context. Uh, But the point is that it's not new. You've probably used it. And uh, you probably seen a lot of improvements uh, over the years, uh, as Arthur said as well. So the exciting part is obviously the AI has come a long way, as we've talked about, you know, thanks to data availability, better machines, and we can absolutely do completely new things that were maybe unthinkable a few years ago. So I would say this is not so much a question about whether to use the AI. We absolutely have to, as Arthur said, I don't think it's quite a choice. But it's really important to work with, you know, a highly regarded DSP that has that, again, in-house knowledge, because it's very difficult to kind of transfer that uh, expertise to maybe external AI uh, AI um, workers as well. Uh, so it's really important to work closely with uh, like marketers, um, data scientists, data engineers, uh, as well as uh, people that have expertise in setting those campaigns up and maybe even uh, vertical specific knowledge as well. Amazing. Thanks for that. And um, looking into the future, where do you see AI in programmatic heading by, say, 2025? And uh, will we get into the territory of uh, generative AI for ad creatives? Or do you have anything you know far more exciting than that that you see? So I think anything we say about this will be pure speculation. We don't know. We have no idea what's going to happen tomorrow. But yes, I think... Generative AI for ad creatives is definitely on everyone's mind. So maybe we will be able to create on-demand ad creatives to complement the user's interests. Or um, we are already working on very powerful internal tools that, with the goal of saving companies uh, hundreds of worker hours that we can hopefully invest those uh, in more creative pursuits uh, that are better suited to human beings and perhaps build highly complex predictions with models that enable multiple KPIs at the same time. Again, going back to the theme of uh, like high dimensionality. But uh, you know, looking back on this podcast in 2025, uh, we will probably have a completely th- different perspective on this. And I don't think anyone can claim to know what will happen in programmatic in the next couple of years. Yeah, yeah, I definitely agree with Zainab. This is one of those questions that you just can't, you don't have that crystal ball, so you can't see the future, um, especially when it comes to things like um, like policy changes um, or like new AI developments. Like ChatGPT came out of nowhere um, like half a year ago. Um, so even, you know, experts in the industry did not expect this level um, of accuracy from a chatbot 
uh, to come out like so so soon, right? So um, it's 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 very hard for anybody to predict the future. Um, so I won't try to do that, um, but I'll give kind of like a day to day view from let's say um, what we are working on, which I'm no for sure was happening, which is again that invisible, invisible but very important improvement in the um, in the overall accuracy and um, efficiency of your of your ad spend um, when you are running that same campaign from last year to this year to next year to the year afterwards, that same campaign will find your users and it will manage your targeting better uh, than than it did previously. So working on many optimizations, and I can't speak about any of them, um, but they're all behind the hood. And trust me, you're very, very hard at work picking out those users, trying different techniques. This one works, the other doesn't. Pick it up again, try another one. What about this machine learning model? What about the other one? But if we segment the users this way or the other way, it, it's all proprietary, but we're all very, very hard at work on trying to get your KPIs up and your CPA down every day. Always fun to hear uh, informed predictions. So thank you for that. And I think whatever you shared today was super useful. Uh, both of you made the topic of AI and machine learning very approachable for marketers out there. So thank you both for joining us. And to you, the one who stuck around till the very end, Make sure you subscribe to the podcast to listen to the new episodes right when they drop. Like the podcast, share it with your teammates. It could be a cool resource to post on your office work chat as a recommendation. So go ahead and do that. And if you want to get in touch, write to us at academy at stackadapt.com. That's academy at stackadapt.com. We have episodes releasing every alternate Wednesday. So stay tuned. Until then, this has been the How Agencies Thrive podcast. See you in the next episode. Thank you so much for tuning in. This has been the How Agencies Thrive podcast. If you like what you heard, then there's three things that you can do to support the show. Number one, subscribe. Number two, leave us a review. And number three, share our podcast on social media or with anyone who might find value in this content. If you have questions or feedback, or just want to learn how agencies and brands work with StackAdapt, you can find us at stackadapt.com. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.